read. Uh, we'll begin reading verse number um, 12. And I was going to read more, but I'll just read from verse 12. And when he had considered a thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together playing. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. And when she heard Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. And they said in her, Thou art mad. But she constantly affirmed that it was even so. Then said they, It is an angel. Now, uh, to me, I, I just, if I was texting, I'd put LOL right after that and laugh out loud. Because the truth of the matter is, they didn't believe God could send Peter, get him out of prison, but they believed he could send an angel. But Peter continued knocking. And when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Surprise, like Gummer Powell said, surprise, surprise, surprise. By prayer, let's go to the throne of grace one more time. And it is good to be in the Lord's house tonight. I'm going to ask Jimmy Drum if he would lead to the throne of grace. Amen. Anyone else? You just, why? Yes, go right ahead. Amen, yes. There's a story of George Mueller was crossing the Atlantic. The captain came to him and he knew he was a man of prayer. And he approached him and said, Mr. Mueller, would you pray that wind would begin to blow so we could get on with the journey? Mr. Mueller said, okay, 
uh, I will, but I want you to go run the sails up. And, and the captain said, they would laugh me to scorn uh, if I run up the sails and there's no wind. He said, well, if you don't run up the sails, I'm not going to pray. Well, finally he agreed. He'd run up the sails. In a little while, he'd come back. He said, Mr. Mueller, if you would please stop praying. We got more wind than we know what to do with. Have you ever been surprised by prayer? Now, now I didn't say being surprised on how God does it. I've been surprised many, many times, most of the time, of how God does things. No, I'm talking about have you been surprised that He answered your prayer? Have you ever been surprised that He answers prayer? Oh, here was a group and uh, they had gotten together and I, I won't go through the whole thing, but Herod uh, uh, saw that everybody was thrilled to no end that he put James in prison and cut his head off. Man, it pleased everybody and this was uh, one particular Herod that uh, loved to please the people. So he said, well, I'll just get big dog here, Peter, and put him in the prison and and if it pleased them for James, man, they're going to be ecstatic with Peter. And the church got together and began to pray. And uh, uh, now as they began uh, to pray, something interesting uh, happened. Uh, they, they, first of all, uh, let me say just right up front, uh, they needed something from God. They needed a, a power from God. And so they all got together. And let me just give you uh, this thought tonight. Number one, uh, notice uh, they were praying and it was unceasing prayer. Verse number five, Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. First Thessalonians 5.17 Pray without ceasing. Ephesians 6.18 Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. May I say they got together. Here's the church praying and it's an unceasing. They didn't quit. They didn't pray 15 minutes and quit. They didn't pray an hour and quit. They are praying until God answers. They're unceasing in their prayer. Not only that, but they're unified in their praying. A unified prayer. We find here that in verse number 12, and when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. They're unified. I love this crowd. They're not arguing about who's this and that, but they are unified. They come together as one. This verse here, you're going to mark it in your Bible if it's not marked. Matthew 18, 19. 
Matthew 18, 19, Again I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that, shall, that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. If two of you will agree, boy, it comes times. Matter of fact, I, I, I know this works. Uh, Matthew's daddy, Libby's husband, was lost. And uh, Darlene and Libby agreed together every morning. Libby would come over to the house and uh, they would uh, bow around that couch and agreeing for God to save him. Guess what? In New Mexico, in that transfer truck, God saved him. He was going to wait till he got home, and he said, I, I didn't, I, I got afraid. I'd never get home, and just pulled over the side of the road, and right there, accepted Christ. Two would agree. They were unceasing in their prayer. They were unified in their prayer. They got the message right. But there's a definite problem in the praying. A definite problem. They're unbelieving. Now, know something. What, what are they praying about? What are they praying for? What brought them to this place of prayer? Well, verse 5 says, And Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing, of the church unto God for him. Now Peter's the object that got them together. They're assembled around that they're praying. But notice, notice this. When Peter shows up in verse number 13, knocks on the door, they don't believe it's him. So they didn't believe God would answer him. Now, note this. Don't miss this. God's got His own will and His own plan. And He can do whatever He wants to, whether we pray or not. And I understand God's not finished with Peter here. And may I, may I remind you, Herod couldn't cut his head off if he wanted to. Because God had a plan and wasn't, uh, wasn't done with him. But the church got together... And, 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 but by the way, God did allow James and Stephen, you know, to, to, to leave out this world. But we find here they're unceasing, they're unified, but they're unbelieving. They're just like Gomer Pyle. Surprise, surprise, surprise. And the one they're praying for is standing at the door. Now, notice how they responded. First of all, A, they were accusing. They were accusing. I mean, notice, and they said unto her, Thou art mad. I, I, just, just, that's a nice way of saying, You're crazy. <laughs> you are gone crazy. That's pure, you're crazy. They said, Thou art mad. And uh, isn't it amazing? Definition of mad is of one who so speaks that seems not to be in his right mind. Well, that title could fit a lot of us in the title, couldn't it? Who, who, but who's really lacking here? 
the one who says God's answered your prayer, Peter's standing at the door, or the one that's praying who doesn't believe God can bring Peter to the door. So we find here they were accusing, but then notice that they were adamant. But she constantly confirmed that it was even so. Rhoda, Peter's at the door, the church. No, he's not. Yeah, Peter's at the door. No, he's not. Peter's at the No, he's not. I know his voice. Peter's at the No, he's not. And she constantly affirmed that he was even so. They had an alternative. Now, you got to allow this. They said, they said unto her, thou art mad, but she constantly confirmed it that it was in so. Then they said, it is an angel. Now, I'm amazed. They, they don't believe that God has brought Peter out of Herod's prison, but they do believe that God has sent an angel <laughs> Which one uh, uh, do you have a hard time believing? If I, if I can believe God can send an angel, well, I can believe He can get Peter out of prison. And so it's amazing um, that they just literally said they don't believe God can deliver Peter, but they believed He could do the next best thing. He just sent an angel. And what's so funny is, God did send an angel. He did. But not for them. He sent an angel, walked into the prison house, kicked Peter in the side, got to read your Bible. He hit Peter in the side, hey dude, wake up, we can leave him out of here. And he, and he let him out, and Peter thought he was asleep. He said, man, this is a dream like I ain't never had. And he got it on the outside where it goes through the gates and bars and everything. Gets on the outside. The, the angel leaves, doesn't say a word. Peter says, well, my Lord, this, this, when the dream is real, so he goes to where he knows they're praying, but they give an alternative. They... Um, they were willing to settle for a consolation prize instead of the grand prize. So they were accusing the adamant alternative. Then notice they were astonished. That word astonished means throw out of position. It means to this place, means to be amazed, to be astonished. May, can I just give you one word for it? Surprise, surprise, surprise! That's what they were. They were surprised when they opened the door. So why are so many people praying without expecting God to answer? Well, let me give you just a few of them. I believe unworthiness is the reason, number one, unworthiness. Many don't feel they're worthy of having an answered prayer. Devils led them to believe that. And man, he's a master at this. Don't, don't you kid yourself to think that this is not very real. Are you listening? He's a master of making you think, well, bless God, I, I, ain't, I ain't worth nothing. I, I've been told all my life I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not fit for nothing. I'm, I'm just a loser. I'm, I'm a nothing. And, and, and I'm, I'm just not worthy uh, of God. Uh, who, who am I to think that God would hear and answer my prayer? 
And, and boy, that's a lie of the devil. Can I, can I help you tonight? Will you look up this way? There's none of us an accident with God. You hear me? You might, you, you might get surprised one day, but may I say, and by the way, by the way, uh, and I hope you've never done this, and, but if you are, if you hear this, you ought to stop it. There's some things we'll have enough backbone to stop it. You ought not, no parent, no parent should ever tell their child, man, it was an accident. Because that child wasn't an accident by God. God knew why that child's going to come into the world before you was even born. Don't that blow your mind? God knew, God knew that child. That child's worth something. That child is, is a life and a soul that he bled and died for. Don't you, don't you approach God thinking, man, I, I'm just, uh, and something many believe. I, I don't pray and believe because I'm putting God out or something. No, no, no. Satan's a master and making a child of God feel inferior. And that's a lie. Only the world, only this world is, on, is in the business of keeping up with the Joneses. Are you listening? Only this world is concerned about what kind of house you live, what kind of job you make, how much money you make, and all of this status that comes up. Not with God. I'm going to tell you, God is concerned about what's in your soul and your heart. And if you're a child of God, you are valuable to Him. There was no man down here on the, down, lived right down here on the, on the hills named Mr. Cazort. And Mr. Cazort never had nothing. But Mr. Consort was faithful to the house of God. And every day he would go and he would pray. He prayed for this community. Revival broke out. And many believe that Mr. Consort was the reason that revival broke out like it did. Man, he's worth something. Worth something. One of the tactics of, uh, of Jesus, even in the temptation, when Jesus was tempted by Satan himself, one of his tactics was to, to make him feel in fear. And the devil said to him, If thou be, if you're really the Son of God, if you're really who you say you are, if, you, if, if thou be, command these stones that they be made bread. Jesus answered him saying, it is written that men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Then the devil taketh him up on a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said, All this power will I give thee in the glory of them that for that is delivered unto me to whomsoever I will give it. If thou for will worship me, all shall be thine. You know what he's just saying? He's saying, I've got, God, I've got more power. I've got more glory. i got more than you have now. And if you worship me, I'll give it to you. No. Hey, Satan, you're a liar. The one standing before you has all power and all glory. And he moved you out of heaven. The reason why you're in the mess you are now. But he tried to make him feel like he's unworthy. Second, unconcerned. I believe this is probably the biggest, the biggest reason we don't believe God can answer prayers is just a half-hearted, cold, complacent, not, not being, not just a heart. The Bible says in 
James 5.16. Confess your own faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. Boy, ain't that good. The effectual fervent. 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 Prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Fervent. No half-heartedness. No, no half-heartedness. That phrase, cried unto the Lord, is found 29 times. Psalms 3, I cried unto the Lord with my voice. He heard me out of his holy hills. Psalms 107, 6, Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. Psalms 107, 30, And then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distress. Psalms 121, in my distress, I cried unto the Lord, and he heard me. We find here in Acts chapter 4, and when they heard that, they lifted up their voices in one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which thou hast made heaven and earth, and seen all that is in them is. There is something, there is something about, about being fervent, just unconcerned. Now, let me tell you, let me tell you, when you'll get concerned. When, not if. Not if. Are you listening? Not if. But when the circumstance, the situation comes that you have nowhere else to turn. And trust me, you said, why would God do that for me? To get you to the place to where you would get concerned for Him. See, God's more concerned about you being holy than He is being happy. God's more concerned about your heart than He is your, your world that you live in that's going to burn up one day. Reality is, God, if you... Boy, I'm, I'm telling you, God is a master taking our unconcern and apathy and unconcern and putting us in a position. And, and mind you, he can do that in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. They cried out. But then notice this, not only unworthiness and unconcern, and boy, this is a big one, and I hope that this is not in your heart, because if it is, you're really in trouble. The unconcern can be fixed by just... I, the unconcern, the unconcern can be fixed by just getting faithful. Just being faithful will create, will increase your concern. The more you get in on something, the more you know about it. You know, the more you do something, the more you're involved in something, the more you know about it, and it'll increase your concern just being faithful. But then the last, next one, unbelief. Unbelief. Well, that's a scary place. They literally didn't believe. So that's unbelief. Unbelief says, God can create the earth and the heavens, all that is in them in just six days. But my prayer is just too hard. God can part the Red Sea and the children of Israel 
can walk over on dry ground and rain down manna from heaven and bring water out of a rock and their clothes would never wear out. But my prayer, it's just too hard for God. God can make the sun stand still for Joshua. I read an article the other day. Astrologists said they don't understand how or what, but they have documented fact that the sun was stopped for a segment of time. That it just stopped. They cannot figure it out. They call me and I'll tell them how it happened. Amen. They, God can make the sun stand still for Joshua. But my prayer is just too hard for God. God can bring down walls of Jericho, make axe handles, steal axe handles, swim. But my prayer is just too hard for God. God can feed a multitude with five loaves and two fishes and calm stormy seas. But I tell you, my finances and my needs are just too hard. God can do all it. God can make the crippled man walk, the blind to see, the deaf to hear, and he can even raise the dead. Well, my family that's lost, though, just, just too hard. Jeremiah 32, 27. I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? 31 years, C.H. Spurgeon filled the pulpit of the Metropolitan Tabernacle. Hundreds and thousands of people were saved. Five college students from a Bible college drove all the way there to hear Spurgeon speak. While they're waiting, the door opens. It's Mr. Spurgeon. He says, gentlemen, come on in. He said, fellas, you've come to hear me speak. But would you really like to know, would you really like to know the power of the Metropolitan Tabernacle where it's at? Oh, yes, yes, sir, yes, sir. He said, come follow me. It went down a long hallway and he opened the door into a basement section. 700 church members on their face praying that God would bless the upcoming service. Spurgeon said, that's, that's the power of the Metropolitan Tabernacle. He said, gentlemen, listen to them. What I preach is not as important as what they're doing. Tonight, they were surprised. I'm going to ask you two questions. I'm done. Now, don't get alarmed. I cut back the message. I'm not shortcutting you. Amen. You come Sunday and you'll get the whole load. Have you ever been surprised by prayer? I didn't say. Have you ever been surprised how God answered? Man, I have. Oh, how I have been surprised by God's answer so many times. And every time I'm surprised, I just throw my hands up and say, Well, glory to God, why you done how wonderful a way. How long has it been since you were surprised? By prayer. You prayed for something. 
and you ask, well, preacher, have you prayed today? Did you pray for this service? I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm just trying to challenge you. Well, I ain't getting nothing out of service. Why should you? You put nothing in. Well, I come to church, I know, but coming to church, I'm, and I'm thankful you're here, but coming to church is not the greatest thing. The greatest thing is you pray for the service tonight. Have you prayed for the service tonight? Are you praying this Sunday? Are, do, do you pray Sunday after, after we get done? Or do you go eat and go do this and then whatever? Do you, but do you pray? Do you pray for the service? coming up because don't miss this the greatest power solid rock Baptist church possesses is the ability to pray and be surprised by prayer they were surprised let's all stand to our feet every head bowed never eye closed somewhere tonight maybe not even in my message but maybe in a testimony Maybe tonight in something that's been said by someone else. I want to ask you a question. How long has it been since you've been surprised? Surprised by prayer. 